0: Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and today I'm gonna be one of your co-hosts. To my left is my Bia, my brother in arms, Joshua, the ultimate warrior Gillow. We are tag teaming this episode and have the pleasure of speaking with not one, but two superheroes. We are on location at Warrior's Way in Wichita Falls, Texas we just wrapped up the most amazing and transformational event I have ever been a part of. Undisputed mastery, becoming champions. Our guests are the infamous Dr. Keith Veritas Wagner and the most dangerous man in the room, Harley Tuhan Elmore. These men have put together an immersion event that transforms the lives of men in a matter of days. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Ace, man, this event was incredible, wasn't it? It was absolutely phenomenal. For those of you listening, we are on site at Warrior's Way in Wichita Falls, Texas. Yes. Phenomenal event, undisputed mastery,
1: becoming champions. Absolutely. yeah. And it's been incredible because men from all over the country came here in this little town in Texas. We changed so many lives. We were, we were part of that. And we wanted to introduce to the world the two founders of this event, that has changed so many men's lives. So I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Keith Wagner. It's great to be and, here. And um, Tuhan Harley Elmore. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Awesome, so what originally got you guys excited about creating an event like this? Now, since we mostly were men, it was all men's events, so what was in your heart to find to, to pull this all together? Well,
2: originally uh, a client of mine, a legendary boxer, um, we were getting him ready for a fight, a champion fight to win a WBC title. And uh, we went to go see a mentor that uh, Harley introduced me to, uh, a great grandfather to all of us, uh, to speak some words of wisdom, some sage advice. And he's even still at 80 years old to, uh, to give him some good reps, some good hard combat rounds. <clears throat> and while there, um, he said, you can't box forever. But you know boxing is a great way to change people's lives mm. and so the idea was born that's
1: incredible and throughout the event we participated in the event you know for the listeners we participated a year ago it changed our lives especially i mean you had massive massive shifts in your life and to then witness it now as a as a helper throughout as a crew and to see those men's lives change is incredible and um it's i don't know it's, it's really amazing how boxing as the metaphor can be used throughout this. So I know originally when I signed up for it, I'm like, you know what? I'd love to see what it's like to be part of a, a boxing event where it's kind of organized and if they tie mindset into it, it'd be kind of fun. Let's see what this is all about. And yeah, it's incredible. What was your journey like in the beginning?
0: Well, I would say for me personally, uh, Dr. Wagner is my mentor yeah. and where I was in my life at that time, I needed a drastic change. And he told me about the event mm-hmm. I didn't know really much about it but i trusted him i had faith um, and went to the event and it absolutely transformed my life i wouldn't be speaking to you guys right now <laughs> yeah. doing these podcasts i wouldn't have met you joshua yeah. if it wasn't for that event so it completely yeah. transformed my life
1: in a flash yeah and the cool part was we didn't even know each other before the last event we were paired up as Bia as brothers in arms My dr keith and we started to grow a relationship and a friendship, and it's, it's incredible what a little over a year can do. Yeah, it's been such a blessing to have you in my life, and now we get to share in this experience and, and to work together, it's been amazing. So, uh, so with the event, obviously we come in, it's, it's a boxing event, right? It's designed to be around the boxing. Why boxing? Why is boxing so important to help with this, this event?
2: Well, boxing in and of itself is a metaphor, but the idea is that there's nothing as pure as combat, and uh, you know Harley can speak to that much better than I can.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, fighting, you know, interpersonal violence, facing one another um, is a very natural human fear, and uh, you know, some people are afraid of snakes, some people are afraid of heights, everyone's afraid of violence. Yeah, and uh, so it. Um, and for men in particular, it's, uh, it's part of our natural state, right? It's, it's supposed to be like, if you look at young children, it's kind of how they play, right? They rough house and that sort of thing. And then and all of the animal kingdom, it's the, we can look at it and see that that's the beginning of being capable as we grow up to be able to defend ourselves and, and feed ourselves. And so it's a very natural thing, I think. Mm. And, uh, but in society today, many people, uh that's that's omitted from their lives they're not allowed to participate in it and so you get grown men who have never hit anyone or been hit in anger and um so that that kind of stunts their ability to be able to stand up for themselves and and uh face their fears and those things and that's a natural byproduct of of, a boxing or you know some some sort of combative structure where you're the resistance is another human. Yes. It's not like lifting weights or anything like that. Like you're sw- slinging sweat on each other, you know, you're trading paint you know? <laughs> and uh, I'm turning right. you a little purple. You're turning me a little red, you know? Yeah. And um, so when you trade paint, you know, with another human, uh, it's like when you look at kids when they hit each other, the little kid hits the other one, the other one cries, not because they got hurt, but because it hurt their feelings that you would do that to me. Mm. Right. I can't believe you did that to me. And so learning to get over those things and, and learning to push through that I mean, there's some phenomenal metaphors that come out of that, that everyone can grow from, right? Well, so fairly. Yeah.
0: yeah. One of the things that I love about the personal hand to hand combat, the hitting, the getting hit yeah. is that for me as a man, experiencing that physical contact, I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. I didn't have that for most of my adult life. Yeah. And so to have the ability to use my hands or my feet yeah. and not inflicting pain on someone else to hurt them, but to make them better, to sharpen them, that gave me such a flow of adrenaline and power that I am created for for power and I can use this power for good you can use it in a lot of different ways but when people naturally think of violence they think of the negative right. side of it but yeah. the way you guys presented the event introduced quote-unquote violence to these men that's right is a way of building them up sharpening them and making them better and it was just it completely changed my perspective on uh, martial arts hand, hand-to-hand combat things like that and because i got to personally experience it. And now I feel like I'm a more capable man, as we would say, a more dangerous man. I can protect myself, my family, my community. I'm empowered now to take a step forward and make change in the world. And it was absolutely incredible how (laughs) just something like boxing and um, just getting physical with one another can do something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Can I steal one of your? Th-
3: oh yeah. <laughs> to steal to steal, uh, Doctor Keith's saying the scr- the scriptures are clear, <laughs> um, and that is you know iron sharpens iron, and uh, I, I you know I talked about it this weekend. And how does that happen? Well, you grind one piece of iron against a, sh- a harder piece of iron, and um, you know that's that's a process. It's not instant. It's a process of grinding. And in that process, both of them get honed. Both of them become sharp. And, um, and I think people forget that, you know? Uh, th- I think they mean, well, t- in today's world, iron sharpens iron. Well, that means we're gonna hang out and talk and you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's a grinding process. Yeah, it's, it's a grinding thing and it's a process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it, it takes time, it takes repetition, yeah. it takes effort and it, you know, it's not comfortable, um, but the result is both sides, both pieces get sharper. That's right. Absolutely,
1: no, I love that. Now, I'd like to get into a little bit of, you know, kind of where you guys came from, how you got to this position, so the listeners know who we're talking to. We know who we're talking to, They're legends, <laughs> but would like the rest of the world to know. So Keith, can you tell us a little bit about your past and how you got to this piece? This sure,
2: part? absolutely, I'd love to. Yeah, I grew up, you know, very poor, rural Arkansas, just like just like harley you know having to hunt sometimes for food and um, grew up with an abusive father and so that taught me early on how to anticipate moods signals right how to read people and i became that guy even in grade school and on through high school who was the peacekeeper who would come in and help settle disputes and I could read people and, and help them. And so just developing that natural at- attribute, because I had to, because my father came home angry. Oh, you better not be in the way. You had to read him or you know, you'd know, you get beat. That attribute helped create a pathway for me. Because just like Harley just said, as iron sharpens iron, you know, now, and this is one of the things we do in Undisputed Mastery, is we teach people to look into the face of their father which is to grow up as a capable man, no longer to be the boy that blames their dad, but to see them as a real man. Mm-hmm. Now that has transformed me and I'm able to celebrate that, celebrate my capabilities. And I have my, my dad to think about it. So because of that, went to school, did the whole psychology, got a couple of doctorate degrees, tons of research for 30 years. Worked with you know, some of the world leaders in that business, like Tony Robbins, and uh, still learning to this day. I learn from this man right here, yes. every time I'm here.
1: I love it, I love it, thank you. Incredible yeah. journey for sure. It's amazing yeah. how all those things kind of coalesced into where we are right now.
2: Yeah, people ask me, Keith, why do you study so much? Why do you train other people? I'm like, because I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still
3: growing. And are we? yeah you know uh, i mean i could just go ditto (laughs) you know again i you know uh, i grew up on the other side of arkansas in in the woods and um um you know uh, again very you know difficult childhood a lot of violence in the family um i got into martial arts because i wanted to be able to defend my family um stand up for my mom stand up for my brother yeah um i really didn't become the the peace broker I, I just became equally violent, and so I fought all the time. I fought in school all the time, and uh, just become became one of those kids. And um, then eventually became introspective, and you know all that stuff. And martial arts was uh, what got me out of that. You know, martial arts uh, was um, a way to see the world through a different lens and see men who were trying to improve themselves and others. And um, and an avenue for escape out of that poverty and that, um, that hardship. And of course, martial arts wasn't easy. It was, it was equally hard, but uh, there was a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. And so uh, my martial arts instructor at the time, Dr. Monty, actually kind of took me under his wing and helped me from going the mm-hmm. wrong direction. And uh, I just continued to train and I ended up you know, traveling around the country to study with the best martial artists in the world. Um, you know, to study with uh, guys like Dan Asanto and Chris Sayak and Tony Samara, Master Chai, all legends in their, in their own right. And, yeah. um, you know, literally leaders and pioneers in the field. Um, and then I got the opportunity in, uh, early 2000 to, uh, study with Chris Sayoc and, uh, go into the Syak tactical side of things and work with military. And that's what I've done for the last 20 years. And. Um, run here our, our academy here in the in Wichita Falls for the last 23 so that's incredible. Uh, yeah that's that's
1: kind of the pathway what I really love about the the Warriors Way ethos is you actually tell us a little bit about how you help the local schools and the kids yeah
3: you know um, martial arts has got so many things for so many people and um, you know, if you look, I, I remember when we first opened. I wasn't going to train kids. I was <laughs> like, I don't want to train kids. I want to train fighters. Mm. You know, because the school that I had run in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with Terry Gibson, uh, we all, we were an adult academy, and we had you know Golden Gloves boxers and kickboxers and full contact stick fighters and grappling guys, and and uh, I was like, kids? Who wants to train kids? Yeah. Right? And uh, I'm not a daycare, <laughs> and uh, and uh, there was just so much drive in this community wanting it. Um, that eventually, I was like, "Well, all right. Well, let's start a little kids program. See how that goes." And it turned out to be so much more rewarding than I ever expected. Yeah. Um, you know, to you ha- first off, you have them for so much longer, right? You can have kids for so long. They they go through grade school and junior high and high school, and they're still training with you. And I'm like, "Wow!" And you really get a chance to really mold them. Yeah. You become part of their family, and they become part of yours. Um, we have after school program where. Kids, uh, we we pick them up from school in our vans. They bring, they come here. Uh, they go. Half of them go do a martial arts class, while the other half's in the back doing their homework and getting a snack. And then they swap. Um, we have intramural tournaments and Halloween carnivals, and we just made it part of the community All right. and allowed the community to be part of us, yeah. uh, rather than just a business that's sucking money out of the community or something. We're trying to find ways. How can we get back to them? How can we make these kids who are going to grow up and become the next judge, the next senator, the next school teacher, the next police officer? That's right. How can we how can we launch them into the community um, as part of our, uh, you know, grassroots effort to change our communities for the better?
1: That's kind of, yeah.
2: And that's the that's the core. What Harley just said, that's the core of the very idea of what we do here. You know, it's, it's actually very selfish on our part. <laughs> because we give so much and forgive the hoarseness, you know, just coming off of this, you know, you know, how many hours did we put in? I don't know, 50 hours over the weekend? 30, 30, 30, <laughs> 30, 30 days. 30 days.
0: 30 days. 30 days. 30 days. 30 days. Naps between. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, you guys have just talked about your upbringings yeah. and having violence and poverty be a part of it. One of the things I noticed here with the men that had come in, a lot of these men were quote unquote broken in different ways. They had family trauma, relationship trauma. They were using coping mechanisms like drugs, alcohol, things like that. And one of the things that we focus on is the wound, as we call it, that we received either from our mother or our father growing up. Can you talk a little bit about the approach that we took on addressing the wound itself and also healing it.
2: Sure. Yeah, just finishing that last statement real quick. It's selfish on our parts to give so much because of this, what you just said. It helps begin the healing of the world. Because when we invest in men and make them capable help them develop principles, right? And then go out and have that sense of dangerousness, meaning that their capabilities is that they can kick down the doors of darkness and do good work, right? That's how the healing begins. Because you think about it, how does a wound heal? Well, it has to be a very violent process. And you can even get microscopic through the white blood cells and all those things that's going on in any kind of wound. It's a battle to get rid of the infection. You know, and that's also the answer to the other question, why boxing? Because yes, it's a metaphor, absolutely it's metaphorical in that it's the battle that cures the infection, which heals the wound. But when you're out there getting punched in the face, yeah. you know, the last word in your mind is metaphor. It's probably a very, uh, fewer letters in that
1: response. <laughs> I know, I felt that. <laughs> right. generally only four out. letters. Only four letters, that's all it's needed. Yeah, for sure. No, it's incredible what you guys are doing, and the 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 whole amazing amount of different people you've brought through the, the, the program so far. And could you speak to a little bit about what this program is for, who it's for? I know it's not just for guys like us. I know you also train others that are in the military and all that kind of thing, so even police forces. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Uh, you know, I think that um, because of the structure of what people are going through in the society today, and uh, that lack of addressing those problems, uh, I think that's why we have to bring it to them. If we look at real change, that has to in our own mind, in our own subconscious, it has to be real, yeah. right? You can't lie to yourself. You bring, your subconscious knows better. So you have to put it in a context that you, that you can't ignore. It. You have to have evidence based progress, yeah. evidence based yeah. growth. That's and, right. And you know, there's nothing more evidentiary than yes, I hit him and he tried to hit me, and I, I didn't didn't let that happen. Um, you know, you can't lie your way out of it. Well, I did okay. What are you talking about? He just knocked the, knocked the crap out of you. He knocked you around the ring, right? Or he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really based on a reality that you have to acknowledge. Yeah. And of course, there's a whole bunch of people in the world in different settings, different career paths, um, and it, it doesn't really matter. As adults, we all have to be able to address the reality standing in front of us. Right? That's right. And um, and that's not always easy and it's not always painful. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not always easy and often is painful, but the reality is you can't ignore it. That's right. You can't lie to yourself about it. Yeah. You can do it or you can't. You did it or you didn't. And, uh, and I think that's the structure. Right? It
2: is, yeah. and that's what draws men in, whomever they are. I mean, just think about this event, the wide variety of backgrounds and men from all over the world, from Germany, all across the United States, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, From Africa, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Ukraine. Um, It's really incredible. But the key, the unifying and connecting factor is, like you said, Ace, they're looking for the answer to that problem Mm -hmm. and we have exercises that we do profound just the profundity of those things is really just in that process of self-discovery and then as harley was just saying the evidentiary procedure of finding the answer see and that's the solution and that's why it's boxing because it's self-evident self-correcting if i keep getting punched in the face the answer is don't get punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> and it hurts enough to make you want to change it. It motivates to change, motivate very change very quickly, <laughs> and that's why you know we've got to do some hard things. Now, I don't want to give the impression that you know we're, we're a fight club here, that yeah, people right. are just coming and you know beating each other up. It's that's not it. Yeah. It's very structured, and that's a, another great uh, value that uh, Harley Tuhon Harley brings to the table is these men leave with a real combat boxing structure, very basic, but they can take what they learned here and they can trust it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know besides the boxing, we did other exercises that really tapped into people's inner emotions and um, really got them to open up, dig deep in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who experienced it it was absolutely incredible because you could see a transformation in a matter of hours. Yeah. And it wasn't just the person who was taking part in the specific event. All the other guys in the team or the small group was able to learn from the experience they were seeing as well. Yeah. Um, Dr. Wagner, can you talk a little bit more about, not the specific exercises themselves, but what your goal was to combine that with the physical part of boxing.
2: Sure, yeah, we know, and you guys know, anybody that's followed Tony Robbins, this is his phrase, um, you know, that uh, I was privileged to learn from him, that motion and emotion are directly connected. Just put an e in front of motion, Uh, what you got? Emotion, right? Yeah. And when you get people up and moving, and you're not just sitting on your butt all weekend listening to a dude talk, <laughs> right? You are experiencing, experiencing it, you know, experientially, which means that that does something specific to your brain. And it creates, just like in your book, Ace, you, you outline this so well. It creates the opportunity to learn and to make some real deep, you know, just foundational changes. Now, of course this event is what we call a C S E E, a significant emotional event and you've got to go through the emotions and the motion and that's why we're up and moving to make that change but then when you frame it up correctly because we do know what we're doing we're the experts in our field right and we come to this there's nothing else like it and then you can tell by the transformation in just three days complete and total immersion but just three days i mean you guys tell me. Here, I am interviewing you now. <laughs> what were some of the differences in your own life when you guys came through
1: last year? Oh, well, I, I came to the event originally because I found that I was plateauing in life. And mm. I found the reason why is because I was afraid of conflict. Mm. So I could only get to a certain level when I was afraid of conflict. And right. I eventually deduced the reasoning being that I never got punched in the face. Mm. I never had a fight in school. Mm. Never did any that stuff. I was always a peacekeeper. So that's how right. I stayed safe. Right? So when I came to the event, I'm like, this is exciting, but I'm like, oh shit, I might get punched in the face. Right? So (laughs) anyway, so we came to the event, which just, you know, I've I've been coaching with Keith for years and and finally the opportunity opened up and I was like, all right, let's go to this event and see what this is deep in my soul as a man, but I don't know what it is yet, but maybe there's something on this path that'll take me to solving this problem. And it absolutely did, because you put me in a group with Nathan, who's a 265 pound, you know, Giant. Man, right? Giant. And <laughs> he ragged nice. all my ass, right? All my fears came to the table, getting punched, <laughs> yeah, right all of that stuff. And I was like, afterward, I'm like, you know what? It's not all that bad. Like, yeah, I survived I like through that. it. I'm still alive. And you I'm remember
2: like, his favorite saying? I don't. But did you die? But did you?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I did not, right? I, I survived it. And it gave me another level of understanding. Yeah. So. You know, I, I was able to break through that glass ceiling, continue to grow because I saw the problem and got lucky enough to find a way to kind of face the fear instead of running away from it and hiding. I That's said, right. well, "We got to hit this thing square between the eyes." And you know, the environment you guys created allowed for that. So that, for me, helped me grow as a human being, as mm-hmm. a father. It was a big piece that I came in with. Right? I was so focused on growing business and everything was more about me, and I was completely not paying attention or being present with my family. Right. And it broke me to my core when I realized that. When you started talking about saboteur names and sage names, and I had no idea even what that was, and, and I was very shameful, in the, the saboteur side of things, like, oh my goodness, you know, Captain Bullshit. That's what it was. I was bullshitting the world, hmm. and, and not focusing on the most important thing in my life, which is my family relationship, yeah. relationship with my wife and my kids and my extended family. Oh. Because they're always going to love you. So what does it really matter, right? You can just, but the businesses might stop. the, The orders might stop coming in, like all of that, right? So it became this other thing. So once I realized, and through this process, through this event, once I realized that I had to Break through those that saboteur and get into my sage, which is the ultimate warrior, as the tribe yeah. brought into and, and set upon me. That I then had to, that I started growing into that role, mm-hmm. right? And so that's changed everything in my life. Awesome. I get up each morning thinking about like, no, faith, family, everything else is extra, right? <laughs> so just focus on those things, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, everything's in, in the the work that it required at the event was nice because altogether you shared it with a brotherhood.
2: That's right.
1: You came in as strangers, you went out as brothers. Mm -hmm. One of my other saboteurs was alone, feeling alone, even though there is no context for that in my environment. I'm surrounded by amazing people. I still felt alone. But coming into the event with a brotherhood, now alone doesn't have a chance to thrive because there's too much evidence to the contrary. And You guys have taught us how to do that through the Mm -hmm. the different muscles you taught us in Burn the Rep. you know, that's, that was my journey through and, and it's continues to grow. And now being, you know, on on the other side here, helping men through it's, it just takes it to the next level because now we're help facilitating that. So yeah, I couldn't be more thankful. And I couldn't be more proud of you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, One one of the things you just hit on that this event brings is community. We call it tribe. (laughs) And so for all of these men to go through this battle together, this war together, we, joshua and i are brothers in arms Mm that was by design right and so for everybody to go through the pain and the struggle of this event together is one it creates friendships Mm -hmm. and bonds that are going to last a lifetime but it's also so empowering Mm -hmm. to everybody and it makes the event that much more special
3: yeah yes i i I think that you know, the word tribe gets overused i think you know it's, yeah. the, it's the buzzword of the time and um they're like oh yeah we're a tribe and, and you know they they do their local workouts together and things like that i'm like that's not a tribe <laughs> 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 you you know do you spend any time with that guy yeah. outside of that do you talk about anything with any real depth right you know to have a real tribe you can't just have nothing but laughs together and and have fun together tribes really are built on hardships that's right, right? Um, and, and the celebration of the hardship, the celebration of s- succeeding, right? And um, if all you ever do is get together and have a great time, well, that's, that's a party, but it's not a tribe, yeah. you know? So tribes have to have the hardships, have the difficulties, have a, because that creates a depth in a relationship that you just don't have anywhere else. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, that Dr. Keith does a great job of, is people forge really deep Relationships in such a short period of time in this program, right? Um, and and you can see it. It's just it, the evidence for it's right there, and that's why people get opened up so fast, and they become lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, because you know, people said someone said something. I know this guy right here that I just met three days ago more deeply than I've known people all my life. Yeah. And uh, and it's because we are open, we are vulnerable. People talk about things that's and build right. real relationships based on real depth. And that's, uh, that's a pretty rare thing these days, when, when the whole world wants to be superficial
1: and fake. That's right. Now that, right there, that's the juice. What I, What's really, really powerful is, now being on the other side helping, you see the men coming in the group, you can see the ones that are trying to keep their shields up. Mm-hmm. They're trying, like no. they come in like, they're not gonna break me. It's not about breaking, of course, but it's right, like, right, they're right. coming in, they're like, like I can nope, there's no way, I'm gonna pull my force field up. Yeah, and when right. they crack, when they finally open up, oh my goodness, all the years of pain. Yeah. You can just see it just, oh, all they're the relief. beatings they were hitting for themselves and the, the saboteurs and all the, the horrible things they say to themselves on a daily basis. They, all of a sudden they can see it and they realize they're their own worst enemy. Right. And that's where the lights comes on and you see that. I swear, some of them come in and they walk out 50 pounds lighter. Yeah. And it's not from the workout. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can just feel it and all of a sudden their chests are out. They feel like, I, this is my life. Yeah. I have the, the actual steering wheel. It's, that's what lights my heart up when I see the possibility in their eyes is coming back the for fire. For right. me, this, this event specifically gave me my life back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I was 38 years old when I went to the first event and I felt like I was reborn. All the old garbage I would tell myself or the image I had, the <laughs> identity of, of myself, was completely shattered. And we did it through what we call saboteurs and sages. Mm-hmm. Can you guys go a little bit into what those are for the audience?
2: Sure, yeah. In, in and of themselves, they are metaphorical. It's just the idea of the, the darkness, the evil within you and or the goodness in the light. But at its core, like a table, like a Knights of the Round Table. You have two of these in your mind. In the own they're representative of thoughts and you can get into Jungian psychology and Dweckian psychology. But the idea is that, you know, it's kind of like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. The saboteurs, Well, their namesake, it's all right there. They want to sabotage you, right? They accuse you, the great accuser, right? They they want to put you down and shame you. That's their currency is shame and judgment. And it culminates really in a question. Do I have what it takes? You know, that's every man's great question, like John Eldridge in the book Wild at Heart talks about. And the saboteurs always want you to answer that question, no, and the reason is, is because you're a piece of shit. Some unsolvable dilemma that there is no hope. Mm-hmm. Whereas the sages, you know, they may say, hey, you messed up, but it's, they don't deal in shame. Their currency is truth, their currency is direction and action. All right, that happened. Now what? So that the question can really get answered for real with a real evidence. You do have what it takes, and here's why. It's an evidentiary based procedure when you can develop the sage voices within you so that you can listen to them, just like the scriptures talk about. You hear those voices, but it takes work. Because the saboteurs never go away. They're there every day. And so you have to feed them. And it's the one that you feed the most through your thoughts, your words, and your deeds that get stronger. And then those become the directive guidance
1: in your life. Absolutely. I know we felt that firsthand, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sounds crazy (laughs) in the beginning, didn't it? Oh, yeah. It's like, what are you, like, devil, angel, like, what's going on? Like, these guys are crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we started digging in. It was like, there's something to this.
0: Well, there's something powerful also, too, when you personify a voice or a personality. For me, my saboteur was doormat, which was very suiting for my life at that time. I would let people step all over me. Right. And I kind of just lived for other people's lives, not my own. And that just made me incredibly unhappy. Life was unfulfilling and I was just miserable. And going through this event in such a short amount of time, I got the champion name, the superhero name of Ace. And I also was taught how to call upon it. So anytime I'm facing fear, I'm facing the unknown, I call upon Ace. And he comes out and he focuses, he shoots down the enemy and completes his mission. And that's something I get to carry for the rest of my life. And it is so empowering to have that power that you can call upon it whenever you need to do great things in your life. And honestly, for me, just help other people.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I wanna say, Thank you, guys, Absolutely. because that's this right. event. Your work it's was changing a, lives. Was amazing. Nice. So one that's, of,
2: that's the payoff right there. Yep, yeah. Thank no. you. That's well,
0: it. Well, one thing I want to get into Operation Rescue Children. Yes, mm. uh, we had the second day, I believe, of the event. We had a demonstration mm. of what ORC does. Can you guys jump into a little bit of what ORC is and what the mission of ORC is? Um, yeah,
3: uh, Operation Rescue Children, um, you know, is, uh, a nonprofit organization that, uh, Keith and I and our wives, um, started a uh, couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we started with, uh, an international, uh, mission and, uh, stepped outside the United States to, to help some people, um, who were fighting against the human trafficking and, um, Then COVID started, and so international travel became a a bit of an issue. So we shifted to uh, trying to do good works here in in the United States domestically to help the law enforcement agencies, NGOs, and organizations that were still fighting that battle. And so um, we're uh, primarily an education and training organization. So our job is to um, empower those people and make them more capable. Uh, so that when they go out and do their job and and uh, rescue people from human trafficking and, and uh, the darkness of that world that we can make them more capable and uh, hopefully bring uh, bring them home at the end of the night. Uh, and so that's that's primarily our mission is training those people. And so what you saw in the demo uh, on Saturday was some of our guys that we train with and and uh, some of the or people from different organizations who came together to uh, to run a mock event and show you guys some of the value of what we do. And, and at the end of it, discuss some of the specifics about um, how that has worked for them in the real world. So yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, well said.
1: <laughs> I was surprised during the uh, demonstration that as these men move through like trained machines as they were, right, just on point, Moving through, clearing cars, all of that, looking for trafficked children or whatever their target was at that moment. Mm-hmm. How I got this emotion that started to fill up inside of my soul. Oh, yeah. and I was, I was just sitting back and I was, it was, I was starting to tear up and I was trying to put a word on it. Because so I'm like just watching these men, knowing that they this is a mock. But these men are putting their their lives on the line. They have families at home. They choose to do this. Yeah. They choose to go in to help solve this problem. Right. And it was just such a respect is the only word I could put on there. Mm-hmm. And as these men moving through and, and the training, that it's, this is just a, a show for us, but all the years of training to get there and sacrifice to be able to do this. Right. And then to hear that they're barely supported. right? Especially the financial side, when they need equipment, they need things that are gonna keep them safe so they can go home to those families, that that's a problem. You're yeah. like, how is that a problem in this world of abundance? Like they should have like the best of everything because they're doing God's work. Right. So it's like you would think, of course, that's where the money's going to go, because that makes perfect sense. But it wasn't. So there was there was just, there was a feeling, there was so much education when I could see that. So I appreciate you guys showing us that and taking oh, yeah. us there for that, because that really hit me in the soul. Yeah. And Keith, if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us a little bit more about slavery nowadays? Like this was something, when you told me all about this, it shocked me. Yeah. With, with what, I mean, obviously we know what ORC does, but what's the problem they're trying to solve as far as like the bigger problem?
2: There's really three big problems that just immediately you can see that we, we we're the answer to. And number one is, you know, slavery. Uh, and, you know, we, we can call it trafficking. That just means the movement of people, right? But really the real problem is slavery. People being stolen and their lives stolen and treated worse than animals. Right, captured and um, enslaved and tortured and abused and raped and sodomized over and over and over. And there are more slaves in the world today than ever before. When I first heard that statistic, I thought there's no way. Okay. You know, I thought we got rid of that 150 years ago, but no, more, more than the entire population of Canada. And You know, in and, and the, the problems right here under our noses, women and children specifically, especially being targeted. Yeah. And so, ORC, Operation Rescue Children, one of the big things that we do is recognize that problem and we're called to action. You know, and Harley and I and our wives, uh, Crystal and my wife, uh, Adrienne, um, we, we just couldn't sit by. I mean, it broke our Hearts. I thought, man, we got to do something, right? And then, of course, with Harley's um, skill set, you know, he's he's uh, built these skills over a lifetime. He's the best in the world at what he does. Because the other problem is, the people who go out there and rescue the children, there's not enough funding. There's not enough training. There's not enough of them to go around. And they're just these people with big hearts that can't sit by and let just this this go idly either. And they need us. And one man came to me and said, man, we're getting slaughtered. You know, uh, the guys out there, they, they need help. And I said, well, I know a guy and that's this guy that's two Harley. And he trains them like he trains the most elite military combatants in the world to go out there in the heroes. And when we train those guys, you know, what it does is it solves that third problem. There's not enough of these guys. Um, and then they can multiply their work and come home safely and they can do it all for free. Because believe it or not, like you said, there's not even enough funding. Some of these guys have to choose between equipment, like a bulletproof vest, yeah. even you know, like law enforcement agencies. And there's not enough equipment. And then they get this meager budget of like, let's say $2,000 a year to pay for training. And you have to go through all this red tape and justify it and, and when we can say, we'll train you for free, all that goes away. Yes. and then they become more capable and then they get to come home and do it all again it's really a 10x effort anything you'd like to add to that that i missed
3: <clears throat> no i thought you did a great job you know they um they do get funding right um but does the giant machinery of the government of the of the political machine that takes the majority of that funding because people go happy taxes why do these guys need extra money? Well, because it doesn't boil down to the actual operations training that they need to go do that job. Yeah. And, uh, and if I said, hey, look, these guys right here, five years from now, your child's going to go missing. This team right here is going to be the ones that goes and finds her, finds your daughter. Would you like to invest right now
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, in their 100%.
3: capabilities and their skills? Yeah. Or do you want to wait until they're standing in front of you? Taking a, taking a report and trying to get evidence. Yeah. And so it's a very simple formula, yeah. right? And so um, when we look at that, we're like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. We wanna make as many of them as capable and as strong as we possibly can now, find out what it is they need specifically, and then provide that for them. Yeah, that's the formula. Yeah.
0: One thing I love that you hit on earlier, you had mentioned the word grassroots movement mm-hmm. and being a part of ORC myself, the thing that i love it's a group of people that just want to help yeah. and what i've seen here at warriors way what i've seen with your students and the community is that you guys and all of us aren't waiting for someone to come in and save us the government to come in yeah. uh, big money whoever to come in we're taking it upon ourselves to change things ourselves. And I didn't really realize that until today, actually. Mm. And it was just phenomenal how you had said that how just a spark, just one spark, can create a massive change in the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To quote Thomas Sowell, you know,
3: uh, people have to stop looking outside themselves for saviors. Right. Yeah that's us yeah. that's you and me okay. if you want somebody to change this it's us
2: that's right we are the hands we are the people that God depends on to solve these
1: problems it was incredible to talk to I believe it was K-Bob was his name one of the operators yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible human being based and I were chatting with him for a while and we asked him like locally in this area like is this a national problem you know the the whole concept of human trafficking is it because I live in rural Pennsylvania. Like it, it doesn't happen, quote unquote, around me, <laughs> sure. right? Because it, it, it's, it's you always see it in a big city somewhere or something like that. Yeah, and so yeah. we asked, look, what is it like around here? And what he was telling us is it's crazy yeah. how much of this happens on such a local level that you just don't see. Right. It's happening. It's, it's almost like it's happening in the shadows, but it's there. That shocked me. I've got two young boys at home.
3: Yeah. Well, like uh, one of the operators, I won't mention their names, but one of the operators mentioned Every time there's a concert in your area, in your city, yeah, yeah. every time there's a sporting event where thousands and thousands of people get together, every time there's some a big, big event like that, there's an underground shadow movement of, of human trafficking and slavery. That's right. There's, that's that's going to move people and drugs and all sorts of you know, illegal activity. It's going to be around that. Yeah. Tons of people, majority of people just simply gonna watch their favorite team play. Yeah. Right? Or go listen to their favorite concert. Yeah. But underneath that, there all that's going on right in front of people. And if they don't have the education, if they don't recognize the signs, you know, how how will that ever you know come to light? Yeah. So yeah, it's but it's right here. It's it's right here in America,
1: right here in your community, right in your state, right in your city. So if people listening are as Sickened by this, as I was when I first heard about it, and then obviously is now or during this process. How can they get involved? How can they get involved to help you guys on the mission? What's the best way? Well, you know,
3: one of the first things you can do is become educated, yeah. you know, learn, get educated, look, read into the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the thing is, that's that's actually a hard part. Right? If you just gave people, like, we'll just send $20 to this web address, you know, or whatever, that's actually an easy out, yeah. right? The easy out is just send some money to Operation Rescue Children on, you know, .dot .com or .dot sure. .org. Sure, that's an easy out. But for you to really look at the problem and, and address that and then become involved in that in some way, that's, that's the hard part, right? Because yeah. people don't want to look into the darkness. Yeah, that's right. You know, but the reality is it is in your neighborhood. It is in your families. It, there's all these things going on. And so, yes, yeah, certainly we'd, we'd be happy to have your help uh, in any way that you can provide to Operation Rescue Children. But if you can share what's going on in the world, talk to your friends about it, yeah. post it on social media, look and see what's really going on in the world, yeah. and then have the, 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 the bravery and the audacity to talk to people about it, yeah. and not turn away and not shy away from it because it's scary or
1: it's ugly or it's hard, yeah. but instead to face it head on, That's the real change that we need in the world. You know, somebody had mentioned when we were out for the, uh, when we watched everybody do the demonstration, they said, you know, if you want to make a big change, just think about what you do, right? And as men, a lot of us watch porn. Mm. And how much of that throughout our life, with our journey, right? Just an innocent thing, not a big deal. They must be happy, it must be okay. But when one of the gentlemen said, if you're watching that, you're supporting this fucking problem yeah right you were supporting this problem yeah yeah because most of those girls aren't there by choice right and that hit me square between the eyes right i'm like i never thought of it from that angle i saw some of the other men like ooh. sure because it feels like it's a it's a when you do that no one's watching you usually right so it's like no one knows it's good you're not doing anything bad but you are right that's right right well
3: you know if we said well Okay, but if you go to a prostitute, is is that bad? And majority of guys will go, well, yeah, that's not, you can't, you probably shouldn't do that, that's bad, right? right. Well, uh, but she's getting paid for it, yeah. right? But you go, oh, yeah, but that's still bad. Well, and then you go, you make that one step up and you go, well, here's this porn industry. Well, she's getting paid for it, right? Yeah, that's not, that's not, doesn't seem as bad, yeah. right? But it is, it is equally bad. Um, and of course, there are variations and levels on that. But that, in and of itself, as an industry, is a trap for young women. Um, that is a very difficult thing for them to get out of. It's one of those things that um, you don't know what's going on on the other side of that. And if given an option for a, for a girl to make a living, a real living, be able to provide for her family herself, or, or, or you know, and have a future, if you gave her a choice. To to try to do it some other way, you can't tell me that they wouldn't take that. Yeah, that's no, right. I agree. I agree. The reason they're trapped in that is because they don't feel like they have another way. That's right. So if we can take away the the client
1: base, yeah. it forces them to find another way. What I love about the way you guys approach this, just kind of came to me during the event, is with Undisputed Mastery in this event, helping men fix their hearts and their wounds, once you have a fixed or full man, these other problems kind of just dissolve. They don't need devices. They don't need all these kinds of things, right? And then on the other side, if you don't catch them, you're fixing them on the other side, right? Through the actual breaking in and saying we're done with this, right? Right. So (laughs) either fix them ahead of time or you pick up the pieces at the end. But as the mission grows and more people are exposed to this and they 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 get centered and they get back in their hearts and out of their heads and they 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 heal their hearts. I believe, and that's why I love your mission so much that the whole world is gonna be a better place. A lot of right. that darkness becomes light now. And it's, it's, it solves itself. Mm-hmm. By, by doing the right thing up front, you solve the end problem. So it's not like we need more military you know, to, to solve this. We just fix more people up here. And since men do most of this, fix the men up front, we don't have the problem at the end. Right. And that's what I love about the mission.
2: Yeah, and the mission is big, and we need both ends of yeah, that spectrum. Of yeah. Because darkness and evil has a momentum. Mm -hmm. And it grows. It's an infection and what happens if you don't stop infections, you know, it takes over everything But light is always the answer and the heroes that we have the privilege of training they're heroes because they do heroic things and they have a mission and Then that enables them to be that force of light that pierces all of that darkness And that's the thing we have to remember light always wins over darkness Absolutely.
0: Yeah no, it's, it's absolutely incredible, the work that you guys do. And with this event specifically, Undisputed Mastery, you would talking about the darkness and the light. You would see guys come in,
2: yeah.
0: heads down, mm-hmm. yeah. shoulders forward, low energy, walls up, all of those things. But then they get transformed. I took some video, when the event was just wrapping up, because I just looked around and I was like, I have to capture mm. this moment. Yeah. There were guys hugging, mm-hmm. smiling, just you could tell that friendships were forged. And it was absolutely incredible. The whole building was just completely lit up. And I, I'm i not a big recorder. And I was like, man, I got to get this because I want to watch this over and over <laughs> and over <laughs> again. Yeah. And for me personally, why am I volunteering this year? Why am I taking a leadership role for this? Because I'm not getting paid for it. Right. Joshua's not getting paid for this. But once we take control of our lives, and we have a mission, and we have confidence and competence, Mm -hmm. the natural reaction at that point is to help everybody around us. That's right. That's right. And you yeah, how can we share? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. You're not getting paid the currency of dollar bills, no, money.
0: No, much oh we're getting paid a lot. Oh, we're, we're a lot better that. than that. Yeah, that's right. How much would that relationship how much is that
3: relationship right there between the two of you? How much is it's, it's priceless? How much is that worth? Yeah. It's priceless. Literally priceless. Yeah. yeah. No amount of money. No amount of money. Ever. Yeah. 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 And the change you see in people, there's no there's no amount of money for that. I mean, you watch I mean you guys saw it this weekend. You watch guys literally Ignore the evidence and face, and just force themselves into a box of hate, and watch (laughs) them wallow around in it. And then you, then you watch them make that transition, that transformation, and and come into the light, and have the smiles, and have the success, and have them, and and realize that they can be the guys running their lives and live a life by design, right? Become their own superheroes. that's a pretty amazing transformation, and to get to be a small part of that, uh, to walk that journey with people, um, that is a tremendous reward. That's worth it all to me.
1: Yeah, personally. absolutely. Yeah, it's incredible, and to know that husbands and fathers and sons are going to go home fuller men, yeah, to be That's able right. to provide and protect and listen mm-hmm. to their families, it's it's what changed my life. And I'm just so blessed to be part of this, to watch others do the same. And yeah, just so impactful.
3: I, you know, I, I talk to people all the time and, you know, when we set up events like this and, and uh, Keith is doing things, you know, everybody has a million excuses. Well, you know, I don't want to take, take away the time for my family or oh, some money, you know, money's tight right now. I'd have to come out there, you know, all these things, these are all excuses. Right. And, uh, I'm like, well, if you come to this, um, It'll, what you're going to do. Yes, you're taking away time from your family. There's no doubt about that. We're not saying that you don't. And yes, we're taking away time, money from your family. We're not saying that, right? Those are real things. But what you're going to give back to your family. Is going to be such an em- enormous reward yeah you're going to give them back a better father yeah. you're going to give them back a better father uh husband yeah. you're going to give them back a better son and if you when you do that and the transformation that happens to them to your family because of you over the following years how much is that worth That's was right. it worth a weekend
1: yeah was yeah. it
3: worth the travel was it worth the hotel or the airplane ticket and the price of well, right.
1: hell yeah
2: right infinite Returns. Infinite yeah. returns.
1: I think some of the fear might be all right, I come to an event like this and they're going to try to make me like them. Or they're going to say, you got to change and be like me, then you're going to be okay and acceptable. And that is just utter bullshit, right? The goal of any event like this is to make a better version of you and you to find the better version. You've got to do the work. This is not something you're going to come into and there's like some hocus pocus and you come out something different. You've got to put in the damn work. And when you do, you come out the best version of yourself. That's right. Who wouldn't want to be the best version of himself? Every day, that's it.
2: That's it. And that at at its core, that's just getting up in the morning going, yeah, this is going to be great. Right. And then taking that greatness, that viewpoint, that mindset and spreading it around and doing good things, you know, with real action. That's what it's about. It's not about us or being like us, but there is a pattern. There is a formula, as we like to say, to how great lives happen. And you've got to do it on purpose. It's being purposeful, taking action.
3: Yeah. You know, one of the things I enjoy about working with Keith is it pulls me into a different world mm-hmm. than where I where I normally walk, and uh, it shocks me that the diversity of the type of man that we're dealing with, the type of person that we're dealing with, uh, that might not be in my normal life. This this guy would would never be in my world, yeah. but here he is, yeah. and we're together at this event, That's and right. we're walking through this together. <clears throat> and uh the diversity and the difference between he his world and mine is is amazing but we're still on the same journey together yeah right and we and we build that bond and we go through that and uh and that's a pretty interesting thing for me it is uh they're certainly certainly not making uh you know copycats for ourselves no clones here yeah there's a massive diversity (laughs) 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 uh, there's a massive diversity in the type of people and and the result that it comes out is is, uh, a better, just a better version of that. Yeah. That's right. And
2: that's one of the things that really is sets undisputed mastery apart from any other event. And you can tell when people fall short because they want to be like that guy up on stage, as awesome as that guy is, oh, they gotta be like that. And they got to talk like that. They, they drink the Kool-Aid and it becomes so fragile because you know, one of our sayings is the clones, like you just said, always die and that's not just the saboteurs we're talking about that means what i am posing and pretending to be like someone else that person cannot live you get them into the real air into the real struggle they will crumble now that's a journey people have to go on but one of the things that separates us is we don't create clones we help you discover that best version of yourself one of my favorite quotes from albert einstein is when a man faces adversity he introduces himself to himself, or when a man faces adversity, he faces himself.
1: Yeah, so yeah. true. That's it. So true. Well, guys, we could talk for hours. Any no other questions from <laughs> <laughs> these gentlemen? I know it's been a long weekend. Everybody's running on a couple of naps. Yeah, so. all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it's it's 35 immersive. days with a couple of naps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It.
0: yeah, no, I, I just appreciate you guys taking the time after this event because. For as much time and energy as we put into it, I know I said, you got. Yeah, you guys have put that much more. Well, so. that guy right there. Oh, oh wow,
2: That was him, and you guys. I mean, showing up like you said, you didn't get paid for this, right? You're here because you have a heart for your own lives, yeah. and I look forward to even more conversations with you about as you know cornermen, yeah. as facilitators, and crew members. How oh, this is making your life better. Absolutely. But you guys are here investing, doing this. This interview. Thank you. It's getting the word out, it's letting people know whether they can ever come to our event or not, that there is hope. Mm-hmm. There is, this is a solvable problem, mm-hmm. but it does require
1: hard work and action. Absolutely. And what I love about this event, you don't have to be someone that's boxed your whole life. No. You don't have to be someone no. that's super physically fit or can run 20 miles. It's none of that at all. It's, no, no, no. If If you're a man, And you're able to move this event can work for you that's right that's the beautiful part you've created it in a way that everyone can feel included because we all as men want to to find that better version of ourselves and i love it that way
2: everybody gets touched everybody gets loves gets loved on right it's it's all about that encouragement that you can yeah
1: and we fight beside you the whole way yeah. So how can people find out more about this event? Do you have a website or?
2: Sure, undisputedmastery.com. You can get on there and all that information is there. And we keep those websites, you know, it's really not all that sophisticated. It's just a little bit of information or yeah. they can, you know, they'll find ways to email me, all that stuff through that website. Perfect. And of course, through Operation Rescue Children, the two on Harley's already talked about Operation OperationRescueChildren.org. Man, we'd love to talk to you about our mission. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Any other questions for these incredible human beings? Oh, no. Um, I'm just ready for the next event. So. <laughs> we got to wait a year? What? <laughs> well,
2: you guys can come back through our pinnacle event, Principled Savage. Oh, yes. yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. AQ, adaptability quotient, making hard decisions in hard situations oh, to yeah. sharpen your life. You guys come back this summer. That's yeah, right. That was a heck of an event. That's my challenge to you right here on
0: air. Okay. on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Call it out. Call it out. One 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 of the things real quick that I love that Joshua says and I wish I had said it earlier to the group is that before the end of a, an event like this, schedule the next event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because these events just they get you in such a state of euphoria and bliss and you but it's moments like this that you're truly living your life. That's right. And so before you go back home, before you go back into the real world, Right. Schedule the next one. So saying it live on air, Principled Savage 2.0 for you go. the ultimate warrior and ace. We're, we're in. Yeah, yeah. too, baby. That's, that's what really I'm talking about. That's right.
3: Right. that's right. There's something really strong about that in that that is an anchor. That's right. right. When you go back out in the world, you know, a lot of things toss you and, and push you around. But when you've already set your anchor, mm-hmm. you you can't get washed out to sea. Nope. Right. You you're already there. You're already tethered to the next to the next event, the next push, the next challenge.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like a staircase. It just keeps growing. And if you don't, you start sliding back down and you just gotta keep hopping up and going, you know, upward instead of flat out. That's right. Or down. So it's mm-hmm. each one keeps building. But uh Keith, Harley, this has been such a privilege to be here with you guys. Thank you for putting in the extra hour after an incredible event. And thank you for all of your life's work. It has changed so many men's lives, including these two looking at you and talking to you. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see what this looks like in the next so many years or decades as it expands. You guys are incredible. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Thank you, guys.